This morning, our first scripture reading comes from New Testament, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 16. Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 16. Here is God's holy word. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of a promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heir with him over the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received the strength to conceive a seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the, as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, please turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 25. The very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 25. We will read first 11 verses. Last week, our sermon topic was uh, in some degree related to God's promise. So today, we continue to focus on God's promise through a man who is Abraham. Again, here is God's holy word. Abraham again took a wife, and her name was uh, Ketra. And she bore him Jimran, Joksan, Midian, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Joksan begot Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Dedan were Eshraim, Letushaim, and Leomaim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephor, Hanak, Ebida, and Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. 
and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubine which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his son Isaac and Ishmael buried him in a cave of Machiavellah, which is before Memni, in the field of Ephron, the son of Jorah and Hittite the field which Abram purchased from sons of Heth. There Abram was buried, and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahairoi. May God bless us our reading and hearing of the scripture. A tiger dies and leaves his skin. A man dies and leaves his name. This is an old Asian proverb showing how important honor is for ancient Asian people. Without a doubt, how other people remember us after we die is something that is important for all of us. This morning, we will take a look at a man who meets his death, and that is Abraham, a well-known figure in the Bible. I'm sure that you have heard of Abraham and his life, and you know that his life was full of ups and downs. And today, we will spend some time examining the last days of this man of God. As we do so, what can we take away from his life? Which lessons do we remember and learn from this, his life? Because we are Christians, it should not be the same as the Asian proverb I shared. Our name and honor are certainly important, yet as a Christians, there is something more than this. Think back on sermons or a Bible study you have heard about Abraham. Which word did you hear over and over again regarding Abraham? Which word come to your mind thinking of Abraham? I think it would be safe to assume that the repeated words indicate something significant and representative of Abraham. And I, if I was to choose one word to summarize the life of Abraham, it would be the word promise. Promise. The 
theme of promise continues and develops throughout the Bible, a book of Genesis, sorry, and also other books in the Bible. When we think of the relationship between God and Abraham, this word promise should come to mind. So today, we will consider how God's promise endured even after Abraham's death. And I humbly ask you this question, one simple question. Christians, as one who holds God's promise, where are you headed? First of all, consider your life in this world. Our first heading is quality of this life, quality of our life. According to verse, verses 7 and 8, Abraham lived 175 years and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years. God made this promise with Abraham in Genesis 15, 15, where he said, You shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. A good old age. What does a good old age mean? The Korean Bible translate, Korean Bible translation translate this verse in this way. Abraham would live a long life. Likewise, Septuagint, the Greek Bible for Jewish people, it seems they more focus on the meaning of the old age. However, listen to the following numbers. 205, you don't need to write down. 218, 230, 239, another 239, 464, 433, 438, 600, and 950. The Bible tells how long Abraham's forefathers lived from Terah, Abraham's father, to Noah. A little surprisingly, Noah, Abraham's 10th generation grandfather, was alive when Abraham was born. Hashem, his ninth great-grandfather, was still alive when Abraham died. Do you really think Abraham died a good old age? When you compare the length of his life to that of his forefathers, do you think he lived a long life? I would say no. I submit to you that the meaning of a good old age is not simply living a long life, but rather living well before God. That means the full of life as well. It's not the length of life, but the quality of life in the light of the word of God. Scripture tells about long life, which is inevitably God's blessings. We found out that in Proverbs 10.27, 
The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Deuteronomy 30.20 Loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice, and holding fast to Him, for He is your life and length of days. As we read, the Bible writers tell us to fear God, love God, and draw near to God first, then they talk about long life. We should remember that God does not want us to live long without loving, fearing, and honoring God. But He wants to see how we live before Him. It is Koram Deo. If someone who was upright and feared the Lord died in a young age, he has good life. On the contrary, if someone who did not know God and was in sin and misery lived for 80 years, 100 years, even 200 years, he, does, he or she does, do not have the true blessing of a long life. Think about Genesis 17, the chapter delineating God's covenant with Abraham. This chapter begins with the following clause. I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. This is life God wants from Abraham. And this is life God wants of you and me. This is truly what a good life means in this life. We can also find one testimony by Abraham's oldest servant. In order to observe what Abraham's good life looks like, when Abraham's oldest servant was looking for a wife for Isaac, in the previous chapter, he met Rebecca and said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. A life where God has never forsaken his mercy and his truth is a good life. A life of walking before God and being blameless. And we should be also reminded that God's mercy kindness is a never forsaken mercy. It's revealed through the covenant of grace by the Redeemer, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not able to be blameless and walk before God without Christ. Jesus Christ makes us our life as a good life. Only through Christ, our Lord, we draw near to God the Father in our life. Are you eager to live a good life? Are you seeking the quality of your life, which is loving, fearing, and honoring God? come before Christ and cling to Christ. Our good life starts from Jesus Christ.
Let's move from our life to our children. Consider your descendants, your covenant children. Our second heading is blessings in our life. Blessings in our life. God promised Abraham descendants several times, but Abraham probably did not fully comprehend what God meant when he promised that he would be a father of all nations. He may not have grasped the whole picture of God's promise as we we understand it today. In his lifetime, Abraham didn't see his descendants expand as the stars in the sky as God had promised. Now, Consider the genealogies of uh, the tribes before and after today's passage in chapter 25. Notice the order of descriptions. Interestingly, with Abraham's death at the center, the Bible recites the name of his descendants. They will spread out to the east and to the west, to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. Abraham indeed became the father of all nations. God's promise with Abraham was literally fulfilled. God was faithful. Furthermore, through him, our Lord Jesus Christ was born to save people. Abraham became the father of many nations spiritually as well. Please also notice what Abraham did for his son Isaac, the son of a promise. Abraham let other sons go away from his promised son in the beginning of chapter 25 so that there was no dispute among his sons. Even though he didn't know God's plan for Isaac, Abraham wanted to keep God's promise not only by bestowing a heritage, but also by protecting his covenant son Isaac faithfully and sincerely until the last moment of his life. Then in verse 20, right after Abraham's funeral, the Bible records God blessed his son Isaac. We sometimes mistakenly think that God blessed many of his people in the Bible. No, blessing from God is never ordinary. Rather, it is very special. God blessed Isaac, the son of Abraham, for the sake of his promise. And this is what Abraham wanted. Remember, we are the recipients of the very same promise which Abraham had from God. We are called as offspring of Abraham, heirs according to promise in Galatians 3.27. God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. So we are in covenant with God. And we are beneficiaries of his blessings throughout the generations. And we are blessed because God is committed to keeping his promise with us 
and our children. And this is why we call our children covenant children. However, what's the blessing we should talk? We want God to bless our children, don't we? So, what blessing are you asking for your children? Romans 15.29 says, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. This will be a true blessing. So we should remember that the blessing comes from the gospel of Christ. And that is the blessing from generation to generations. The ultimate blessing that Jesus offers is that of eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. Please, faithfully bringing the gospel of Christ to your covenant children from a very age. Help them know their creator. Help them know their savior and his word more and more. Relate with the place Lahai Roy where Isaac dwelt after Abraham died brings another insight to us. Lahai Roy is the place where God met Hagel and Ishmael when they were dying. And the meaning of the place Lahai Roy is the well of him that live and see me. God sees and is with those who he bless. Also, God offers living waters from his well to his blessed ones. Isaac was there by God's grace. Like so, Jesus Christ becomes the only true provider of the fountain. The fountain of the water of life. Do you believe what he provides can't compare to any other inheritance from man? In this world, anything we give our children could be rotten. But if we lift our children to our Lord, we may give them a fountain of water springing up into the everlasting life. They will be never thirsty. To those who are not married or who do not have children, I ask your prayer for covenant children around you, your family, and especially church family. You may recall the question when your pastor asks you as a congregation before he baptizes a covenant child. Do you, the member of uh, this congregation, receive this child into your fellowship and promise to pray for him or her and to help and encourage the parents as they seek to bring him or her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you receive children in this room into your fellowship, it means you promise to pray for them, to pray for their growth in Christ. It means you promise to pray that they would grow in wisdom and understanding and pray that God would guide and guard and protect their lives as their Lord and Savior. And it means that you help and encourage their parents as they seek to bring them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord as well. I encourage you to take John's statements. In 3 John 1.4, as your desire, saying, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. We have seen our life and our covenant children. Lastly, consider where are you headed after death? The third heading is the place after this life. Abraham expected to enter the promised land, the land of Canaan. He waited and waited, but died before he settled the promised land, the, the, the geographically the land of Canaan. Nevertheless, he did not forget the promised, promise of God. Abraham could not enter the land of Canaan while he was alive. But he and his wife were buried, again, geographically, in the land of Canaan, Hebron. This proves Abraham's faith. But what's more? Our God, who is the promise keeper, teaches us where the true Canaan is in this chapter. In verse 8, It stated that Abraham was gathered to his people. In other words, he went to his fathers. The place of his people and place of his fathers, that was not just a visible place like the land of Egypt or land of Palestine or Canaan, but it was the place they gathered in heaven. Hebrews 11.10 says, He waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. God brought Abraham into the real Canaan where Abraham longed for, the place we too should long for. And that place is perfect because God himself is its builder and the maker. Yet, the focal point of God's promised land is again Jesus Christ. Jesus, just, just as God brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt later, so God delivers all his people out of the estate of sin and misery and brings them into an estate of salvation by a Redeemer. By the Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, in him, 
we are promised to reach the eternal place. Do you remember and know where you were before you met Christ? And where you are now? And where you are headed? We no longer belong to the world. But to him, because of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, and his works, his incarnation, his death and resurrection and ascension. Now, with the eyes of faith in Christ, we Christians are heading to the real Canaan. Hebrews 9.15 states, For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Think about this. The idea of a living place begins in Genesis. The first living place we found in the Bible is where Adam and Eve lived. They had the purpose perfect home in the Garden of Eden. There was no virus. There was no illness, no suffering, no hunger. They were just commanded to be fruitful and multiplied, to fulfill the earth and subdue it. Yet sin ruined, ruined their home. So also does sin affect our lives. We lost the perfect place. The place where we are living now is not like the Garden of Eden. Therefore, some degrees of difficulties can be anticipated. While some of you here already went through or are going through the ups and downs of life, like Abraham, all the things happening in 2020 causes us Meditates in more than before. However, remember Christ promised that he will prepare a place for you in eternity. There, death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. Each one, each one here today You should be homesick for your eternal home that Jesus is preparing for you. And it is better than any luxury house in this world and even even much, much, much better than the Garden of Eden. So do you desire to be home? Whether you are old or young, whether you are healthy or not, there is the perfect home. Hebrews 11, 16 states, Now they desire a better county, country that is unheavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Again, God is the giver, keeper, and accomplisher of the promise to bring you into the promised land the land we're longing for. If you are in Christ, 
our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we close, I want to share with you that there is one difference between the Korean culture, where I'm from, and the American or Western culture in the way cemeteries are considered. In Korea, cemeteries are considered as dark and scary places, full of ghosts and other unpleasant things. On the contrary, here in the state, at least from my own experience, cemeteries are rather pleasant places, more like a park. Think of any memorial park around you. There, there are nice buildings, fountains, beautiful and peaceful settings with a well-paved path that welcome people. Back to my time at RPTS in Pittsburgh, I used to work around the cemetery near seminary with a little companion, my first child. I went there with my daughter, who at the time was uh, less than one year old. Imagine this, grave in a baby's stroller. In a graveyard, people who have passed from this life to the next lie in the ground. And in a stroller, there is a little baby whose life has just begun. The beginning and the end of life meet. Someday the baby and also each child will be buried just like those already in the grave. So, What would be our prayer for our children? Of course, we are hoping and praying that they would walk with God. In this life, we would also pray for them and next generations following to come. But more importantly, prayer must be for their eternal life, their final destination, the place beyond the cemetery the place of eternal Canaan, which is in heaven. And how about your life, your own life? What will you pray for your life? This sermon is about the last moments of Abraham's journey. However, your life and my life, our life is an ongoing journey. You are in the middle of your journey. So as you continue on your journey, do not forget God's promise. Remember and keep God's promise because His promise is the anchor and direction of your life. And be eager to live a good life in Christ and pray for God's blessing through Christ. upon your children.
and live this life with your heart set on the place where you will go and where we will see our Lord Jesus Christ face to face. So again, as I ask you, Christians, as one who holds God's promise, where are you headed? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word, which is full of your promises. You are so faithful to your people and their children's children. Help us look unto Christ as we live, and help us teach our children by and with your word, so that we hope of heaven. We ask these things in his name. Amen.